Episode 100 of the NCR show. That's No Chance Radio. As always, you got your co-host here. My name is Ryan. And my name is Mel. Welcome What's up, y'all? to the fucking show. Episode 100, Woo! man. This is a very celebratory moment for the both of us. Yes. For everyone that's ever been involved within the podcast that has ever been a guest that's ever had any input in what we do man shout out to you shout out to the listeners first and shout foremost because we wouldn't have gotten this far without you if, if if nobody had ever listened to episode one i don't think we would ever have made it to episode 100 <laughs> yeah um so the momentum is, is is continuing and and you guys are doing an amazing job in supporting us so i want to start off with that first let, let, let's start off with with the basis of episode 100 man because so much has changed Mm -hmm. so much has 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 transpired just like our lives in general has changed so much but for some reason man i just wanted to put off 100 for so long (laughs) yeah ryan how long has it been Uh, two months from what you've told me and and uh i think it was right to do so you know Um, episode 100 i didn't want to feel forced i didn't i didn't want it to feel as if you know, we were, we had to celebrate anything in particular. Like I get it. We're in a hundred episodes. It's a monumental moment. Um, it's a hundred weeks straight for the most part, for the most part, we, we aim for consistency, but I think episode a hundred had to be natural. You know, I, I felt like we had to stick to the script. We had to celebrate something. And obviously if you guys know, us being from San Francisco, living in San Francisco, then you know this is a fucking moment for us. It's almost like the the moment that we felt when um, the Giants won the World Series, <laughs> when the Warriors won the fucking NBA Finals. Like it's that moment for us right now, and we are basking in it to the most of our capabilities and. I want to talk about that first and foremost, because this is something that we've spoken into existence, even though there have been hints and sort of acknowledgements uh, to this actually happening. But Supreme opens up their 12th flagship store in fucking San Francisco. Can you believe that time coming? Can you believe that? I still can't. Like, I'm still in shock as, like, <laughs> Ryan hit me up earlier to record, and we were just like, I'll meet you at Supreme. And that was, like, the wildest thought in my head. Like, wow, we can actually say, I will meet you at Supreme. It's such a fucked up mentality because of how, spo- well, not necessarily, we're spoiled now, now but previously are. just knowing that, I mean, we had the leisure of going to places like LA and New York. We've been there a, a handful of times, but... For most people, they'd never get to access an actual flagship store, a, a Supreme flagship mm-hmm. store. Now, just a little bit of context. This is Supreme's 12th flagship store. Um, I'd say a, a, a larger handful is not actually in Japan and maybe about four or five are actually in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so in total, across the entire globe, this is the 12th store. Now, 
This is a, they just opened Thursday. That's the day that we're recording right now. And um, previously the day before they had held a sort of like a opening reception, like kind of like welcome to the city party for all of the, the members of San Francisco that have owned shops and are just like an integral part of the city, which is kind of cool. But for the most part, it's 4,500 square feet. They got the skate bowl in there. That's very reminiscent of like the SF and uh I believe it's the Brooklyn location that has the bowl. I, I may be mistaken. Um, artwork commissioned by Mark Gonzalez. They did it the right way. Mm-hmm. They did it the same way that they've been doing. I think the most recent store was Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so the larger artwork is in their newest store within in New York that they had transitioned from their Lafayette location. So every store gets better and better. And if you go into this store... And obviously, if you know San Francisco and you look at where this this store is positioned on Market Street, which is a fucking eyesore, yeah. this store stands out. Yeah, it does. It looks like if you were just to build an Apple store in the fucking ghetto. Like, this Damn is near. literally what it looks like. Like, in the desert, an Apple store. Like, it stands out that much. And a couple of things that I want to talk about before, I mean, uh, in, in a bit, in regards to the the Supreme store is just how much the city has changed, what a Supreme store does for this culture and for the community, especially for those that, that have a Supreme store in their, in their locale, what that does for just like street, streetwear morale. And for us in general, it's, it's just been, man, it's, it's a moment. I want to call it that. I want to call this a moment because not everyone has the leisure. And I'm speaking solely for myself, not Melanie. I mean, you can you can commute here, do whatever. But I literally live five minutes from the Supreme store. Yeah. That is a kid's dream. Fucking luxury. A fucking kid's dream. So a little bit of context on just how this all transpired. So we're going all the way back, all the way back to episode maybe like two or three. And me and Nate are just talking about like, what would a Supreme store look like in San Francisco? Like, what the hell would, would that even be? Like, how how awesome would that be? You know what I mean? And the fact that it's finally come to fruition is, it's, it's pretty insane, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to think of, about all the different factors that contributes to having a Supreme store in your city, you know? I think that that the people that are in charge of creating that structure for like, all right, we need to look into this city to, to build a Supreme store. They're not just thinking like, oh, like people just, everyone loves Supreme. Like, let's just build a store anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're very particular about where they put their stores and why they're putting them there. You know, we, we always talk about within San Francisco and within a metropolitan areas, things like gentrification, um, larger businesses, fucking whole foods in your city, <laughs> things of that nature. You know what I mean? And within San Francisco alone, we're building things. Or Just recently, we have the new Chase Center where our local team, the Golden State Warriors, are now playing. Obviously, we have AT&T Park where the, 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 the Giants are playing. And fucking, there's such a, a, a tech industry boom within our locale that mm-hmm. all of that makes it a very good reason to build a Supreme store here because you're, you're literally, and let me put this into perspective from one end of the city to, to the other end of the city. It's no more than what 
like 10 miles, 12 miles, like round trip from, from one side to the other. And think about all the shit that we have within that span of like 10 square foot miles, like, or, um, 10 miles all around. Why not? You know what I mean? There's so much traffic. There's so much people. The foot traffic obviously is crazy in that area. Like it was, it was the best thing that Supreme could have ever done, uh, as a brand. And I'm not even going to get into the marketing aspect of what they did leading up to it. We can talk about that a little bit later, but mm-hmm. your first impressions, some of the, and not even just going to the store, but just what you saw leading up to it, the photos, all the hype built around it. What was like, what did you feel when you saw that shit? Um, well, at first when I kept seeing blueprints of everything, I didn't know exactly on Market Street where it was going to be until this past week. Um, I knew like I had an idea, but I just couldn't I couldn't picture it until you saw the photos. And then once I saw like the actual photo that I think Hypebeast posted of mm-hmm. just Supreme. The storefront. Yeah. I was like, dude, I know exactly what that empty lot used to be. Yeah. You know, it had the free space, free space sign with the graffiti yeah. right next to Zendesk. Like that whole area of Market Street has changed within the past, like maybe three years. And growing up, um, growing up for me, like going to downtown used to be a treat. But then after working at Nike and in retail, you tend to think of downtown as like your second home. Like you don't really think twice about being in downtown. Not at all. It's kind of like you're every day, you're tired of being there. You want to leave once you're off of work. We damn near walked by that location. Almost, I mean, pretty close to that location. Damn near every day working yeah. retail in downtown San Francisco. So that, that area before Supreme, it was nothing. Like you just knew like once you go past six, like you're kind of shit out of luck. You don't go past six yeah. when, you're, when you're shopping it's downtown. Like hold your pockets securely. Exactly. Like don't make eye contact. And when I heard it was going to be on that block, I'm just like, well, shit, that is crackhead central. It is. You know, um, I'm pretty like, of course, like Supreme knew. So their security has been like really good. Very at, robust, like, you know, super good. They hold down the block very well. I thought it would be a weird mesh, honestly, going into it. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, it's gonna be hella ratchet. Yeah. But after being there for the last two days, nothing's really popped off. Everyone's been very civil um, compared to just like being in campouts in general. The people around the store have been pretty okay with each other there hasn't been like any altercations or like any problems so i think they have their shit together you know what's crazy good. about that and, and and the fact that you mentioned that is that when you look back to the the sort of um i would almost call it like camping ptsd <laughs> right like you look back to the previous years of supreme before they started to do the raffle system and we're going to give you guys a little insight on how that works within our store and pretty much every supreme story within the country but how it used to work is you just line up. Mm-hmm. You grab a chair, you line up the night before, and you hope that you, you're in a spot that is able to get you that product. And obviously with no sort of formal ticketing system, no reservation system, if one person is half a foot in front of you, they're in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's not like a who got there first. It causes all this turmoil and fucking aggression. <laughs> and like, I've been here for five days. I haven't showered. I haven't eaten dinner. Like all that shit is re- what results in what we typically know as a fucking messed up camp out. Yeah. Right. And you, you, you're a reseller. You experience what that looks like. It's a bit mm-hmm. more formal in San Francisco versus New York and the LA areas. But for the most part, and this is where we're going to get into the, uh, the insider trading tips. 
about Supreme and just Supreme San Francisco in general is I know a lot of you guys are from the Bay Area. I've encountered a lot of you in person. You guys have told me that you listen to the podcast. We all live in San Francisco. This is how you get into the Supreme line, okay? Then there are two ways, and we're going to talk about the difference between luck <laughs> and persistence, one being me and one being Melanie in this in this situation. But just in general, what Supreme does and how they've been doing it for, I would say, the past two years, maybe more, is that they host online reservations maybe about two days before the actual drop. So mm -hmm. if you know Supreme by now, they do 8 a.m. online on their website and 11 a.m. in store. Mm -hmm. So whether you're on the East Coast, it's 8 a.m. Pacific time, things of that nature, I don't need... I on don't, Thursdays. Thursdays, good point. I don't need to teach you guys that shit. <laughs> but what you do on a Tuesday night is you go to the reservation registration page, which is its own link separate from the website. And you go in there and you input your information at 8 a.m. I'm assuming yeah, that's Tuesday, how it is consistently. Mm -hmm. And you put your information in. If you're lucky enough to receive a spot, you receive the spot, you get texted information, you get texted your spot in line, and you go there Thursday. I'm assuming most of the spots are for Thursday going forward. But for us, for the first day release, it literally was an RSVP system from Thursday to fucking Saturday, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's crazy in itself. But that's because there was only one thing people wanted. And that was the box logo. Box logo. Everyone loves a box logo. Mm -hmm. Personally, myself, I'm an owner of the San Francisco box logo. I got a spot in line. I was number 238th, which personally- On Thursday drop. On a drop. Thursday drop, the day that they opened. Personally, I felt as if like I was pretty skeptical on whether or not I was going to get it. But then from what Mel told me, and I'm not going to say the insider um, secrets that she told me, my chances were looking pretty good. <laughs> but let, let's talk about the, the difference between luck and fucking persistence. And I want to I want to get into my perspective of it first, because mine was solely based on luck. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about this registration system, I signed up on that Tuesday. And for some reason, the system was so quick with signing up for San Francisco that when I signed up, you get to choose between which store you're willing to sign up for. It's not like based on your locale. You have to like, it's only for you. And I accidentally sent, signed me up for the, to, for the New York location. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, this does me no good. And so a couple days later, I get this text from an automated system that says, hey, if you want to accept your reservation, type yes. If not, type no. And I was like, damn it, man. Like, let's just see where this goes. So I typed yes. Two days later, I think around like Wednesday morning, it said, please show up to the Supreme San Francisco location by this time. This is your spot in line. And I'm looking at it like, well, what I didn't, I don't remember signing up for the San Francisco location, but for somehow, some way, the street where gods are looking after me and they gave me a fucking chance, which is amazing. And that's what got me excited. And once I got to the store Thursday morning, it was easy breezy box logo in and out back to home stock X was good. <laughs> That's literally what it was. I was talking to Mel on the way home, just like I ditched her at Supreme while she was trying to figure out her shit. And I was like, no, I got to get home with this box logo and sell the shit ASAP. <laughs> Resale's looking real nice for the boy. And that's all I got to say about that. But that's strictly based off of luck. 
like I didn't uh, me and like a couple people that I knew we we had signed up it said New York they didn't get text I was one out of a thousand people that probably got that text and if I would have texted no then I would have been shit out of luck but mm-hmm. the fact that it worked out is like damn man you you really don't know with this shit and that's really how those raffles go but I want to see how <laughs> I want to see it from your perspective because you were grinding for the past two days fucking damn near being like the homeless people on the street just posted in front of Supreme what was that like for you in terms of your experience because you have a chance now but what was it like leading up to that Honestly, this week was fucking trash. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to expect, but going into it, I thought reservation, it would be easy because LA, usually if you re- reserve your spot, like when you sign up, you get a number no matter what. This is the first time that it wasn't guaranteed you were going to get a text back. And this was my first time actually signing up for a Supreme reservation because in the past, I never could make LA either because of work or the drops weren't you that never great. Had, no one ever had to go on Thursdays. This was impossible yeah, for a lot of people that so visited. Random. But this time around, I didn't have a bot. I went to the link manually, entered my information, I went through my shipping address and all my billing, and I did the CAPTCHA. After verifying the CAPTCHA, I pressed like, I'm not a robot, whatever. It kicked me out. It kicked me out and brought me back to the, the main site, and it's like, we're sorry, this reservation is closed. And I'm like, what? It's like 8.01 a.m. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? I was on my way to work. I was so mad. I was like, what is going on? I whipped up my laptop in the car, and I'm like, hold on, let me hotspot this. Let me try and figure it out. Nothing worked. Damn. I was pissed. I was so pissed. My group chat was going off. Everyone's like, oh, did you go through? Like, they, all, my friends all got carded like for like a dollar charge and then we were like okay it's the waiting game now literally like I was the only one who got kicked out and everyone tried with multiple accounts and whatever then comes Wednesday morning when the texts are supposed to go out no one got a text Mm, no one at all there's like nine people in my group chat like we all tried like the so describe describe your group because we talked about your reselling uh, like this, like it's like you like like Superman going in the, into the phone booth, turning in like you just turn into the reseller like on like random dates. What? You know what I mean? Like that's that's you. Like one persona is regular, like nine to five mail, and then next thing you know, it's like fucking 10 to 5 a.m. Mel, like <laughs> it's just reselling shit. Yeah, I mean, we're just a group of people who are very passionate about what we do. Half of it is to make a profit. Half of it is to keep for ourselves. Usually for me, um, I like to camp out if it's worth it for me to keep or profits high. For the most part, I keep my stuff, honestly. I've been MIA from this group for like two months but we're not like an actual group we're just a group of friends and we all just either know people or we just have good information so we share it with each other but yeah like none of us hit on Wednesday and I guess like there was info saying oh like the text will come out in waves every hour we're checking our phone no one got a text nothing except for me yeah literally Ryan is the only person I know who had a reservation for this weekend except for me and it was a Thursday release and I was pissed when I heard that honestly but yesterday Wednesday the 23rd um there was a private event at Supreme um we didn't know what to expect of it but I just pulled up 
me and my friends, we pulled up. We were just like, oh, like, let's see if we can try and get in. We didn't know if, like, they were going to give out, like, gift bags or whatever. At the you end never of the night. know. You yeah, never know. So we kind of just waited it out to see if we can try and finesse our way into the into the put the the shop yeah um there were hella people out there just hella people just like us trying to see if we can get in with even a chance you know we were all kind of like hey like so what's going on you know um it was nothing but in my opinion like just to kind of be out there like before opening night was kind of cool like there was a really big group of people out there everyone was super nice to each other yeah. there was no like there was no harshness like security like they were just saying oh step aside but they weren't being like rash or like assholes to us yeah so for the most part it was a good vibe a lot of skaters um basically like if you own a skate shop or work for a skate shop in the bay area you were in this party it's fair it's yeah fair it's fair, um, but it was very community-based. You know, I didn't know what to expect from Supreme SF because, like, Supreme New York, I've been there twice. Supreme LA, I'm always there. I don't like the service in Supreme LA, so I didn't know how SF would be compared to, like, bigger metropolitan areas. But from the looks of it, it seems like everyone is more open in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Like, no one's being, like, a total douche to anyone. Everyone's super nice. They're just telling you what's going on, and that's it. There's no hard feelings. You know, you can talk and have a conversation with the manager, with the security. They will give you time of day. No, for real. And that's yeah. surprising. Like, L.A., they don't do that. You know what's crazy about that? And, like, I've, I've had experiences where... Um, I went with a group of friends to Supreme LA and like, it was just like, and this is a, a, an insider trading tip as well is you don't touch anything in Supreme. It doesn't matter if it's on the shelf, if you want to open it and look at it like and try it on, you do not do any of that. <laughs> right? Like you just don't, that's like the, that's the, the hidden rule. So going into Supreme San Francisco, that was the first time I've ever been greeted by a Supreme employee. Mm -hmm. And I've been there more than a dozen times uh, to, to any of their stores. And just like the warmness like you talk about is like, I think that's just like geographically specific to us. Yeah, You know what I mean? I think so too. Because looking, looking at the employees, a lot of them are from San Francisco. They, they're definitely from San Francisco. Mm -hmm. they, they have to be, right? And just like the demeanor of them is just is way more welcoming, way more in, interactive and engaging. They're willing to talk to you and just kind of just like shoot the shit. And I think that plays a big role into the experience uh, that, that your first experience, anybody's first experience when they walk into the store, you know, even though I would say 80 percent of the people that try to get into the store, they couldn't because yeah. it was an RSVP system. And um, seeing people get kicked away and be, me being in line actually felt kind of good. But yeah, I mean, to your point, like seeing the perspective from my end and, and, and essentially saying like, I just got it off of luck. Like mm -hmm. it was mere luck of just like no hope, no expectation. And all of a sudden I'm just home with the most sought out after box <laughs> logo in history as at the moment. And for you... Your, your persistence and obviously using group and, and using your group and also just being adamant about finding out information that would essentially benefit you guys ended up working out because what happened? So today, Thursday, October 24, um, it was very random, but Supreme did a local sign up 
and that's common right that's pretty common it, for i think now because they caught on to like people reserving they're mm-hmm. doing local sign up more i think the last supreme drop in la they canceled reservation and they did it in a random park at like a random time mm. um so going into this before the store opened we were kind of anticipating okay what park is around downtown like where can we maybe post up or lurk around be- prior to supreme because we didn't know what was going to go on for this like we knew nobody knew like we knew that reservation would happen but we also knew hella new york heads hella a- la heads would try and sign up and then ditch their reservation spot i know like there were a few people who hid in new york but they were like round trip to sf was 800 bucks so There's they no, just yeah. they didn't go yeah um so we knew that and i think Supreme SF knew that as well. So we were anticipating a local signup. No one knew when. Somehow, someone had information and kind of just told us, and it was like a domino effect. You know, like a mass text was sent out, hey, be like, be here by like this certain time. I was at work. I got a call. And I'm just like, dude, I'm off in like I 10 need to minutes. go. I need to leave. <laughs> I work in Burlingame and that's like 20 miles out from downtown San Francisco. I booked my ass to Bart. I made it to the fucking spot. I missed the, t- the, uh, the cutoff by like three minutes and they like sent me away. So I was just posted in front of the Supreme store like saying, hey, Ryan, like I'm here waiting for you till you're done shopping, whatever. Yeah, because you know your boy got the RSVP, but it's uh, all good. Whatever. <laughs> 10 minutes later, I get a call saying, hey, come back. We got you a ticket. Don't know how. Don't. I'm not going to question it. All I know is that I was booking my ass all right, like around the block trying to get to them. Finessed my way into that thing, waited like maybe 30 minutes, and they called my number. So I got a spot. I got a spot for Friday. Friday at like 2 o'clock. Today at 2 o'clock. So stay tuned to find out whether or not (laughs) Melanie gets one of the Supreme San Francisco box logo t shirts. Let's see. I hope. Your boy got his own. Just based off of luck, but you can see now what hard work and dedication and a little bit of, uh, I like to use the term moxie, <laughs> gets you. Yeah. And this is a prime example of what it takes sometimes, especially if you live next to a Supreme store or if you are into, you know, drop culture and, and, and resale culture, or even just making sure that you have the most up to date, like newest things. And that insider information is so crucial because... If you just thought like, okay, RSVPs for the entire weekend, like that's everyone knows. So I have no luck. Mm-hmm. There are so many different factors as if like, first of all, no RSVP system is ever going to get a hundred percent for the amount of people that sign up for the amount of people that show up. That ratio is impossible. Even if people were all local, that's impossible. I'm sure even the people that were ticketed for your session, not all of them are going to show up. Probably not. Probably not, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about the amount that they have on stock, the, the the timing, the amount of people, you're bound to get what you want. You just got to be persistent. You and and um, that kind of goes across the board for everything, even outside of Supreme. But you got to think about what this does to our cult, the, the culture within, in regards to streetwear within San Francisco now. Mm-hmm. Because within the past three years, we've seen maybe about two to three Supreme reselling or reselling consignment esque stores pop up before that there may be about one or two, but we've seen a lot more pop up. And now with the, with, with a Supreme retail front, they're going to be basking in that shit. Yeah. 
Because you got to think like San Francisco for a lot of you that a lot of you's a lot of you that don't know is a very touristy centric city. Mm-hmm. A large population of people that stay in the hotels that that revolve around the downtown area are tourists. They're from out of town. Um, it's very rare. And, and I would say like like this is me being very honest because I live in San Francisco. It's very rare for you to ask someone like, yo, do you live in the city? And then for me be like, no, mm-hmm. like because of how expensive it is. So everything that is like everybody that is in that is located in San Francisco probably doesn't live here. Yeah. Even some of the local people that work at these retail fronts don't live in San Francisco. They live in the East Bay, other sides of uh, on the latter parts of San Francisco. But when you think about like what that means now, it's like, okay, I'm a foreign person. I'm going to go to Supreme. Oh, you guys have nothing. These reselling stores are going to eat off of that. Oh yeah, for sure. It's insane. And the reselling culture for us now the margins are so much higher because not only are we not paying for shipping and crazy taxes from New York, but we're also getting things in person. We can bring them there in the same day Mm -hmm. and just create this like source of income that is, has benefited a lot of people in both LA and San Francisco. We look at some of the kids that have created their own consignment shops just because they live next to a fucking Supreme. Like Mm -hmm. this is a new day and age for everybody that lives in the Bay area or even in San Francisco for the most part. Like when I thought about it, because I only lived five minutes from the (laughs) store. And when I got there, I'm like, this is too easy. Yeah. This is way too easy. And I'm, and I'm talking to, um, I'm talking to my brother at the time just about like the the first big drop that I remember getting was maybe in 2012 and it was like Kate Moss and like all these things and it cost me so much just to purchase all that shit but think about if I would just able to walk down the store and get it and now I can do that you know we have within the next couple of months, there's going to be so many large, a large number of drops that are going to have significant resale value. And obviously that's not the purpose of, of, of me shopping because I literally bought everything for other people or to sell. And I just bought a hat for myself. Like that's that he's wearing right I don't, now. I don't, I don't have any stake in any of this other than to purchase the one thing that nobody else wants that I just want for myself. So it's a crazy, it's a crazy perspective to have nowadays because not only is this something that we essentially kind of dreamed about, but it's also, it also really affects people's lives in a, in a, in a, in a completely weird way. Not to say that this is like the end all be all of people in San Francisco, like your whole, nobody's lives just, revolves around this new Supreme store, but it does affect us in some way, shape or form and, and the culture down there as well and making it more lively and, and and bringing people to an area of San Francisco that essentially you don't really want to be at. (laughs) Um, not at all, (laughs) but for the most part, I think just to put a cap on it, it's, it's an amazing, amazing uh piece of san francisco now mm-hmm. very it, monumental moment it's super monumental N- no no in in no way shape or form no matter how many afterlifes i have no matter how many different fucking doctor strange like fucking scenarios i put myself <laughs> through would i have ever thought that supreme would have ever come to san francisco yeah same not at all but all i can say is 
We're super grateful. You're going to hear a lot more Supreme stories from us, lineup stories. Um, we definitely want to get into fucking taking pictures of people that are in the line <laughs> because people come with the fits when they're coming into oh, the Supreme yeah, line. So sure. expect us to have that like Emily Oberg mindset mm-hmm. when we're like posting on Instagram now. I think that'd be kind of sick. Come meet us at Supreme. Come meet Thursday. us at Supreme. We're going to be there all the time every Thursday. Even if we're not buying anything, we're just going to be posted. Yeah. Um, and just having us. a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about, you know, this is episode 100. Yeah. I know you guys want to hear about streetwear. Don't worry. Episode 101 will have a ton of that. I hope you love our new radio structure. It's something that I'm very fond of, very proud of. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about episode 100 and why it took so fucking long to get us to this point. Um, episode 100 is a very monumental, monumental moment for us. You know, it's 100 weeks straight. Well, not consistently straight, but just 100 weeks, 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's been over two years and, you know, and, and to find something that's been consistent to find something that we're, you're passionate about and to get to this point, it's, it's, it's kind of scary. And I've said that a, a couple of times, with a lot of people that episode hundred is, is, is just scary to me because people expect like the expectations of reaching a hundred and everything after that to be like, Oh, it's going to be amazing. You know, like it's going to be way better than it was in season one. Season two is the expectations are so high. Maybe that's just me putting that on, on myself. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I just look at it as like, man, it's just another episode. (laughs) And that's kind of how I wanted to treat this one. You know, like we had, we had sort of ideas to make this something more than it was. And, you know, I just think of it as like, Okay, it's just another episode. You know, a, a hundred episodes is is a great moment, and it's something to aspire to do. Especially if you're if you're looking to, to start your own podcast or start your own YouTube channel, things of that nature. But to get to this point, it takes a lot of hard work. Oh. It takes a lot of dedication, a lot of persistence um, to make sure that no matter who's listening, no matter who's watching that you're doing it because you love doing it. And first and foremost, I do want to say like, shout out to Nate, man. I think, I think there's a huge, a huge shout out to Nate. Like we, we started together. We got to this point. We did, we, we did a lot of the early work together and getting us to the, to the, uh, the stages of, of being a podcast that had a voice, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you guys have, have ever seen it, especially if you're a new listener, but you go on Google, you type in Uproxx, U-P-R-O-X-X, and you type in No Chance Radio. And that was the first time we'd ever been featured on a, uh, on a, an actual magazine. Like, yes. that was a monumental moment for us to, to look back and being like, this is, the work that we're putting in is actually coming to fruition of being something that people are actually listening to. You know what I mean? And as a streetwear podcast, there is a responsibility of not only having knowledge of the brands and, and the industry that you talk about, but also being either a consumer or a creator within that brand. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying to stretch those roles and being that for ourselves. We're trying to get into merch. We're trying to grow into the voices that we have. Um, but I'd say like early on, like shout out to Nate for, for, not only having the faith in like being like, you know, we don't have any sort of repu- reputation in this industry, but we have a good opinion about it. And, and that's kind of the basis of what this is, has been 
uh, created on. And uh, also a huge shout out to Melanie for jumping in and creating the the, the dialogue that is necessary to, to, to make this podcast happen. Like, I know a lot of you guys reach out to her. You need to stop. <laughs> that is not the person you need to be reaching out to for questions. Please talk to Ryan. <laughs> but what do you think about Melanie when you when you when you see a hundred episodes and you've been on, I wanna uh sort of amass this to be about thirty plus, mm-hmm. maybe more. Um, but how do you feel about where this podcast has, has uh, what this podcast has become and what it has turned into? I definitely feel like this exceeded both of our expectations. Oh, definitely. Uh, we never thought it would get this far. I still remember the day um, I was just randomly in the marketing office at Nike with you. I think we were just working on some Twitter posts and you were like, hey, check out this podcast episode I did with a couple of coworkers and I'm like, oh, like, what is this? You know, that was back when podcasting wasn't super cool. It Nobody was, was still, listening to it. It was still very NPR, like, oh, that's hella boring. Yep. It's just, I don't want to hear you talk. Um, but when you played it for me, it was just like a really cool dialogue. And it got to like, let me see how everyone kind of interacted outside of Nike. And when you brought up the idea that you wanted to make a podcast, I was down for it. Yeah. You know, um, it wasn't super common at the time, still isn't, especially in streetwear. But, you know, when you're in a store and an environment where you talk about it, 24 seven, it makes sense. And for you and for Nate and just for everyone, like it made sense for you to put this out into the universe and to just see it blow up how it did is amazing. Like when you guys hit 50, that was already really big. I remember I was like commending you guys and you were just like, man, like this is where I wanted to be. You know, like after a year putting in work, you still weren't happy, but like you had the support from everyone around you. And I think that's what drives us till this day. Like, we are so hard on ourselves in terms of critiquing and just what we want to, like, what we want to do and, like, our goals. But, like, all the support we get from family, from friends, from all you guys who reach out and follow us, like, that's what drives us to keep going. And I think that's what, that's, that's just it. Like, you know, if you guys didn't support us and make sure that it's known that, we are being heard and you're listening, we wouldn't be doing this still. I think we would have given up after like 78 to be Of course, yeah, honest. yeah. When you, when you say that, it, it really does ring a bell in terms of why we do this, you know? Like one comment, one question, one purchase of the merch, mm-hmm. like that is what makes us want to go a, a thousand percent harder. And it really does take that. I mean, in the early stages, though, you know, when me and Nate were talking about, you know, you know, how many listens or, you know, what do you think of that? It was it was very much like no one's listening to it. So, like, let's just keep going, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's do it f- because we love to do it. Yeah. But that mentality is still the same, you know, for us. Like, we just love to talk about this stuff like that's these are just our normal conversations on a day-to-day basis just a little tad bit more structured yeah but for the most part like it doesn't matter you know the the amount of listens even though i'm a stickler and listens (laughs) and feedback that's just the business mind uh aspect of myself nowadays but for the most part like it's just fun it is you know and i think with any creative endeavor for those of you that are listening if you just love doing it then it's 
easy, mm-hmm. you know, like the amount of effort it takes for us to do this, the amount of money we have to put behind purchasing equipment, things of that nature. It's minuscule compared to what we get out of it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a hundred people listening, a thousand or, or one person listening, it's, it's always the same mindset. And I think that's what gets us to this point of a hundred episodes and, this is definitely not the last episode, nor is it is is it any different from anything that's going to come after, you know? It's just, I'm just going to say it is what it is. It is what it is. We're always improving. Yeah. Know? And I always think, moving forward. I know that we've branched out to do so many different things and, you know, there's an aspect of streetwear to us, but there's more of an aspect of music to mm-hmm. us. And, you know, we started out with a very, very kind of like baseline understanding of what we wanted to do, but our interests have 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 expanded and we want to do so much more and, and so many opportunities presented itself and make yeah you i can guarantee that with supreme opening you're gonna see a lot more streetwear shit yeah you're gonna hear a lot sure. more conversations <laughs> a lot more pictures just just the temperature of san francisco is gonna change and the fact that we are we are the voice of this city when it comes to that that topic mm-hmm. you're gonna see a lot more shit and in real time so to those of you that are listening i want to say thank you like that is you guys don't have to do that you know like i know that the the amount of listens we have which is has reached you know numbers that i doesn't even make sense i think mm-hmm. we're in like seventy thousand listens and um our weekly average and just people that have told us that they've listened to the podcast or just recently discovered it. And now they're, they're just fans is it's beyond me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because all me and Mel do is we just talk shit about stuff. You yeah. know, it's, it's just the love that we have for, for, for this topic, this, this industry, this, this pr- individual product has, has gotten us to this point. And I think it, the utmost gratitude has to come from that because of of who we are and and the type of shit that we do is just like it's not what we expected at all Mm -hmm. and fucking what we see no chance or no chance radio as 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 you podcast listeners want to describe it as turned into it's kind of one of those things where it's like man like just just keep keep going that's it that's literally all i can say is like don't expect anything just keep doing it mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're doing keep keep doing it and um yeah thanks that's that's really <laughs> that's really all i can all i can really say about it because because of how monumental 100 episodes is for us but that's not to say that 101 isn't just going to go back to fucking the same way that we've been mm-hmm. doing things we're going to talk about it's true we're going to be critical all that stuff but the fact that we've been able to make this far off of how us being natural that's some shit in itself you know what i mean yeah but man that's really all i wanted this episode to be about (laughs) supreme san francisco opening and having an episode 100 is just this match made in heaven for me and full circle these are two very important things to to the the fucking 17 year old version of myself that went on to supreme and saw everything sold out and never understood anything (laughs) this was the this was the person that just wanted to know more about this industry that that needed the information it took to 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 become a part of this industry even if i didn't live in la or new york and now my dreams have come true my childhood dreams have come Mm -hmm. true um 
and it's not even the Supreme store. It's the fact that we're able to reach a hundred episodes and I just want to say thank you. And I think that's a great place to end it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. We're going to start releasing episodes every week following this episode. 101 is going to come back like we have never left Mm -hmm. and it's back to our normal programming. So do not worry. We got a lot more shit to talk about. I have so many topics under my belt that I want to talk about. Um, But again, we want to thank you guys for listening to episode 100. This is a very big moment for us and we appreciate the support. Also, last minute, because it is a Friday and you know we've been promoting this all week, we have our newest Reflective Dots tee that's in our web store, nochanceradio.com. Be sure to go and cop that. Yes. Um, Don't it, sleep. It's good for nighttime shit. You know what I mean? If you if you hang out and if, it, you know, daylight, is it daylight savings or what, what, what's it called when, the, when it gets dark quicker? Standard time. Standard, I don't yeah. know, standard time. <laughs> or right, standard. Whatever, whatever standard time. If, you, if you're in an area where it gets dark quicker, then some reflective fucking wear might do you some good. Yeah. Go so, cop that. Go cop that. And on that note, that is episode 100. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.